Obviously, our purpose here today is to do give a gift to Jesus. It's honoring the worship that we ought to understand and know. And so today, we leave a gift box for Jesus. It's his birthday. And so if you're in the room today or you're watching online, you'll have opportunities to give an offering, your normal tithes and offerings, but also to put something in as a gift that you would give the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's not about what you give, it's that you have a heart to give. People give all kinds of things. We have rings and all kinds of stuff that people give over the course of years. Just put in the box for Jesus and say, I want to honor him today. I want to sow a gift. We'll be buying gifts for family and friends and we ought to be able to conclude that Jesus is our number one friend. Amen. I mean, no, Jesus is El Shaddai and our Elohim. He's our El Shaddai and our Elohim. That means he's our provision for everything that we need and he provides it all. He gives us all of our, we're not missing anything because we have Jesus and he'll never leave us. He's always going to be with us. How many know he's never going away? Somebody say amen. You might leave him, but he'll never leave you. Somebody ought to say amen. The greatest gift that you and I have to share is the gift of our faith. What we have in Jesus Christ, our gift of our faith. What we have for Christmas is an opportunity to share that faith with the world. To tell them about Jesus. I mean, everything's designed and set up so that Christmas is a a theme of the world at the moment, or most of the world, certainly the Christian world. And in America, it's certainly that way in the United States, and we can share our faith at a greater level. And everybody ought to realize this. We ought to understand and know that the voice between the world and the Antichrist, the voice between the world and, and hell itself is the voice of the church. It is God's voice, and that voice comes through believers. And as a church, we have a voice. The world cannot see like we see. They don't have the, the sight that we have. Jesus gives us spiritual sight and understanding. We don't have, they don't have the ear that we have. We have a spiritual ear, an ear that can hear what the, word, what the Lord would say, what the Word of God would say. We have a spiritual insight into the Word of God. See, they would look at you and think you're crazy. If you were to talk to them about things that you believe in, the things that you stand on, the way you see things, your objectives in life in terms of, you know, stuff that we do or don't do, they don't understand it. They don't see it the way. There's, there are news commentators I can't listen to because they can't see the way I can see. They can't hear the way I can hear. They would not be able to understand the way I would understand. And we as believers ought to grow closer to the Lord so we can hear what he hears, see what he wants us to see. Understand what he wants us to understand. This is what Jesus does. He comes in and he lives in our hearts. And so as believers, we become more accustomed to things that are in line with the word of God than we are the things that are not in line with the word of God. Because we have the word inside of us. And we need to allow the word to live in us, the word to work and dwell in us. That Jesus, the son of God, save people think different. Save people act different. Amen. It's something living in us. His word becomes in us and lives in us and that makes us different we think differently it's not based on how we were raised where we were raised it's not based on how our parents taught us or didn't teach us the word gives us that El Shaddai and that Emmanuel and I encourage every believer to understand again you are the voice we can't leave our voice silent this is why the world needs Jesus and as long as we're, that's why he has to remove us before the time that the Antichrist comes and the world changes into a different role because we still have a voice and we can turn things around. 
we can change circumstances and set things in order and stand up against ills and wrongs and make things right because we have the Word of God on the inside of us. Jesus, the El Shaddai, and our Emmanuel. We need to share that gift with the world. The first thing you need to understand is that there's a, there's a need for you and I to tell people every chance we can during this season and every season. But certainly while, you're, while, while it's so prime and so real, share Jesus with someone. Tell them that the gift, the greatest gift that was ever given, Jesus Christ, the babe in a manger, the Savior of the world, has come. And let them know that He came to bring us unconditional love. I'm, so, I'm always so moved by the fact that the Bible says that in that while I was yet a sinner, while I was still wrong, when I didn't know, Christ died for me. You know, there are so many, they think they have to get right with God before they can get right with God. The part, that's not how it works. It talks about how Christ will be formed in us. That we'll grow into the things of God. That good works will come out of our beliefs. And where we are with God will sustain us and grow us. And we'll begin to enforce that righteousness that lives within us. But we didn't get saved to get saved. We get saved to get saved. Somebody ought to say amen. If you're watching me online or you're in this room or you watch this whenever you do watch it. Listen, accepting Jesus Christ and receiving that unconditional love. Jesus, the gift that God gave us doesn't mean you have to be right to get it. It's get it so you can get right. Amen? Not only that, he gave us unending hope. Hope that we can have all things through Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That I'm able to go further, do more, and experience more because I know him, because I have him in my heart. That what would be closed to me can be opened to me because he has given me unending hope. Hope that is out there for greater things. You ought to just shout out, I can do more. I can be more. I can have more. Because Jesus lives in me. But the greatest gift of all, uh, including his unconditional love and unending hope, is that it included eternal life. You and I have the right not to die in 80 years or 90 years or however long we live. What we are going to have life beyond that, that is eternal And all the things that we could do in those few years that we have here, we have eternity to enjoy the blessings of God through Jesus Christ. This gift was an eternal gift. And so he gave us unconditional love and unending hope and an eternal life that belongs to us. Luke chapter 2 verse 11 says this, For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior. Somebody ought to shout out amen. Who is Christ the Lord. I hope that is exciting as, 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 as is as exciting to you as it is to me, that the greatest gift was given to me. The book of Hebrews says it this way, Christ offered himself to God. Hebrews 9.14 says, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. Jesus is God's perfect gift to us. And the reason Jesus came to earth was to give himself on a cross for us. Just like lambs of the Old Testament that had to be perfect and had to be the perfect gift, Jesus had to be the perfect lamb, slain from the foundations of the world. God sent us the perfect lamb. But that price that he gave for us, that gift that he gave to us, was something amazing and wonderful. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19 says this, You know that it was not with perishable things such as silver and gold that you were redeemed, You're not bought with the price of the world. You're not bought with worldly things. As a matter of fact, if God made all the streets gold and everything was 
was, was dusted with silver, it would not have been enough to pay the price that we needed for our salvation. God had to give us the perfect gift. But listen to what it goes on to say here. It says, it wasn't with silver and gold that you were redeemed, but with the precious blood of Jesus. I worry about the church sometimes because sometimes you'll see they've left out the blood of Jesus. They want to leave out the sacrifice. We didn't need silver and gold. We needed a redeemer. We needed somebody that would redeem us from our sins. There was a price to pay. And it's not an earthly price. It took the spotless lamb to give that wonderful blood. He shed his blood on a cross for us that we could be redeemed. The price that was needed was his blood for our salvation. Somebody ought to thank God. When we're doing this give a gift to Jesus, we're acknowledging in the same way that those great wise men did when they came and offered their gifts. That they understood the precious gift that was being offered and laying in that manger. As we celebrate Jesus and we tell the world about him, we have to let them know that he shed his blood so that they could be redeemed from their sins. There was a price to pay, and it was the blood of Jesus. Somebody ought to shout out amen. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. 2 Corinthians says it this way. Paul was overwhelmed by the gift of Jesus. Paul gives us a description of how he felt about this gift. In 2 Corinthians 9.15, it says, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Indescribable. There wasn't anything he could have said that would have described the wonder of Jesus. And today when we think about Christmas and we celebrate this and we take this time and we share this love with the world, they need to understand that God gave an indescribable gift. A gift that there were not enough words to describe him. Another translation reads this way. Thank you, God, for your son. A gift too wonderful for words. All that we've sung this morning and all that we've said to honor him, they still come short of the value that's found in the gift Jesus Christ. Come on, church. We ought to love him more than, more than anything on the planet. To you that are watching online, you're picking this up and you're seeing this. Listen, the greatest thing you have in your life is Jesus Christ. I say this because, again, when I think about the world and I think about what they want to do, they want to separate the church and separate the people of God and keep us from sitting in the pews and keep us from worshiping together. And you might miss this. You might not understand this. But you have an indescribable word, no word comparable Jesus that you want to share with the world that will transform their thinking, transform their thoughts, transform their actions. And the world doesn't want that because they can't get it. They can't understand why you think the way that you do. They can't understand how come you see things differently from them. They see it on a worldly basis. They still think that a man can take care of you. But I got news for you. Only Jesus can take care of you. The world doesn't need a man's idea. The world needs a God idea. The world doesn't need man's thoughts. It needs God's thoughts. And the church makes the difference when we come together. That's why he said, forsake not the assemblings of yourselves together as the manner of some is. But so much the more but so much the more as you see the day approaching for every believer that has that indescribable Jesus living in them I'm sorry I didn't mean to preach I was going to be a little softer but it seems to be rolling up on the inside of me we ought to realize and understand that if we've ever needed to come together more it's right now we don't need to let things stop us from coming together we don't need to keep the churches empty we need to keep the churches full we need to go out and tell everybody about this wonderful Jesus who saves delivers, heals, sets free, redeemed us from the curse and set us free. Come on, somebody shout a little bit of an amen in here. 
The church shouldn't be bound to, uh, apart. The world wants to tear us apart. They want to tell us we can't come together. They keep trying to step over and step us out of the church and move you out. Some people think if they go out, open their trunk up and hand out some gifts, they've done enough to change the world. You've got to give them Jesus. That's the gift. The gift they have to have is the gift. I don't mind that you go out, open up your trunk and hand them some gifts. On the internal side and on the man's side, that might make you feel good. Jesus said, you'll say unto that mountain, be thou removed, plucked up cast in the sea and if you won't doubt in your heart but you'll believe the thing that you say shall come to pass you'll have what you say our voice he said my words are spirit and my words are life thank God the church because of Jesus has a word that's transformative because of Jesus we keep the devil away because of Jesus the antichrist is not here he has to remove the church church we ought to come together we need to come stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and more and more and more and more we ought to be doing more and more come on somebody shout amen an undescribable words cannot contain what is in Jesus Jesus the perfect gift for the world the perfect gift for unsaved people for those that can't see the way we see we ought to pray God open their eyes Let them see what we see. Send that laborer to their field. God gave us a wonderful gift. Jesus. Wise men knew it. We don't know how many wise men there were. But they gave us an understanding of this gift. I'd like you to read with us from Matthew chapter 2. If you'd watch the screen. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, 
and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. At Christmas time, we often see that there were these wise men that came. We know that there, we don't know the number of the wise men, but we do know they brought three gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold was given to infant kings as a token of their royalty. It was given to acknowledge where they came from, the height and level of who they were. When these wise men came, they came to tell him and pronounce to the world he was the king. Amen. They came to bring him frankincense, which was a fragment incense used for sacrifices and sacrificial organs and it was remit it was there and given that day as a representation i don't know that they knew what they were bringing that god had placed it in their heart what to bring but they came and they brought gold you are the king they came and they brought a wonderful frankincense to him and said you're also a sacrifice and lastly they brought to him myrrh which was a token to represent future sufferings and funerals They'd bring it to funerals or future sufferings. It was to signify that this royal king, he would suffer and he would give his life for our sins. Jesus was the perfect gift. A royal father from God who sacrificed himself to redeem us from our sin. Somebody ought to shout out amen. That's why we're doing this today. Because we understand the value of a gift. We get what it means. What is a perfect gift? During the Christmas season we talk about gifts. What's the perfect gift? There are three things that need to go into gift giving. The first thing is that we should always reflect the one who gives it. Always about who gives the gift. Number two is that the gift should always acknowledge what a person needs. Should be about what we want them to have that they need. And the last thing about a perfect gift is that it should always be something of great value so that it's ongoing in the value for a person. And so Jesus was that. He came. God gave us his perfect gift. Number one, Jesus reflected God himself on the earth. It was God living on the earth and Jesus on this earth. Number two, that gift was for the sins of man and it was required for redemption. And number three, God's gift was a forever gift. One forever for all of us to have all the way on. Jesus' value is eternal. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever would believe in him wouldn't perish but have everlasting. How perfect is that gift? Again, back to looking at this gift first. Jesus is the perfect gift because he reflects the Father who gave him. Hebrews 1.3 says, The Son reflected God's own glory and everything about him represented God exactly. Another version that says it this way. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creations. In other words, Jesus himself said and told and talked to us and said what his father said. Spoke his father's words. His father's mercy and compassion were seen on Jesus to the world. The father's abundant provision was given to man through Jesus Christ, through Jesus' generosity. The Father's great power of love was revealed to us in that Jesus gave his life for us. And Jesus is perfect for us because he's the reflection of God himself. Secondly, Jesus is the perfect gift because God gave him with the knowledge of our needs. God knew what we needed and he gave a gift we needed. God knew we needed a savior, a deliverer, a redeemer, a healer, and a friend. We needed someone who would fully be God and fully man. And Jesus met that need. 
Because he was fully God, it enabled Jesus to carry our sins. And because he was fully human, Jesus understood every sin and everything you and I. Uh, he doesn't understand sin from what we would do, but he could, re- he could receive that sin and be a substitution for us. Somebody ought to say amen. We owed a debt we couldn't pay, but Jesus came and paid a debt we owed. Somebody ought to say amen. Because of Jesus, you and I are free. We're not bound anymore. If our greatest need was to be information or technology or money or pleasure, God would have sent us an educator or a scientist or an economist or an entertainer. But he knew our need wasn't any of those things. Our need was for a redeemer. And he sent us our redeemer. When I think about those gifts and what they reflect, this is why we come. To signify, to once again do something in these 20 years of ministry going on the 21st year. We've done this every year to acknowledge on this Sunday. And remember and and to continue to lift up the, the fact of what Jesus is in our life. And to tell the world, well obviously you'll give your tithes and offerings. But along with that you'll give a gift to Jesus. We'll distribute that somewhere in need with people who need it or wherever it is needed. And we will bless people because of what you give. So you'll be a blessing. But it's to understand, it's to once again underscore the idea that Jesus is a gift to us. When we celebrate it, we need to make sure we understand that. The truth, our greatest gift was redemption and Jesus was that. The last thing is that God gave us Jesus because his value is the value of eternity. John 3.16 said, for God so loved the world that he gave. He gave And that's what it is. God gave and gave and gave. Thousands of years later, the gift of Jesus is still giving. The gift of Jesus never expires. There's never a used by date on Jesus. He won't go bad. He doesn't spoil. And you'll never need to throw him out. They'll never need, there'll never ever be a need to update him or trade him in for a newer model. Hallelujah. Jesus costs us zero to receive is the gift that never expires never goes out of style and never becomes obsolete and is never outdated every generation needs our redeemer every generation needs our savior to lift them out of their sin and into the world of god to give them worth jesus is the perfect gift god loved us he gave us jesus he never fades diminishes or weakens god's love remains constant and continual for us Christmas is the season for giving gifts, and it's no wonder that the gift that he gave us was Jesus and that we can give to others is Jesus. Christmas is a reality of celebrating God's gift to those he loves, his perfect gift, Jesus, to you and me. How many understand today when we give these gifts, why we worship today the way we do, why we praise is because we acknowledge the wonderful gift of Jesus.